Listeners, we'd like to sincerely apologize for anyone who had to listen to the lowbrow, déclassé potty talk of Jonesy and the Grooch last week. At this podcast, this podcast, we've never doubted the team. You're listening to Can't Read, Can't Write. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Can't Read, Can't Write, the podcast that proves Spartans can talk. I'm Mike Jones, joined as always by the world's best son-in-law, Kevin Greck, and the bathhouse aficionado himself, back in action, Alex Plum. Alex. That was... Welcome. That was some fart last week. My God. My Lord and my God. But I laughed. But? I laughed in real time. In real time when I listened to it a week ago. <laughs> One week ago One today. One week ago today when I listened to it. When you got an advanced copy of, when I, <laughs> of the podcast. When I, when I logged into the Zencaster that we weren't using anymore so that I could listen to it. And you, you put it on a Bluetooth speaker and for I, your your <laughs> whole bathhouse to listen for to. all of us in the bathhouse, all of us and, sitting on those cedar planks to really enjoy. They were all fortunate because they were going to listen later, of mm-hmm. course. Of you course. Know, you wouldn't believe, maybe you would believe, you shouldn't believe, the number of folks, well, it was three, which isn't, I guess, an insane number, but people who- In the bathhouse? In the bathhouse, who claimed to be interested in this podcast, and who were like, oh, I'm totally going to check that out. Is this a thing? Do people lie about checking out podcasts? It's like a thing of conversation, right? It's like, you have no connection to Michigan State. Uh, you've now heard my voice for a few minutes of absent-minded conversation. What what in the world would make you want to listen to this week in and week out? I'm more interested in the fact that you, in talking to someone for only two minutes of absent-minded <laughs> conversation, you bring up the podcast. I'm, I'm very boring. I'm a really boring individual. <laughs> you're on the other side of the planet on your honeymoon, and you're like, one, one thousand, two, one. Hey, I'm on a podcast. podcast. Can't read, can't write. Do you want to listen they, to it? Can they tell you about it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I did, though. I brought it up at least three different times. And everyone uh, politely said that they would check into it? Yeah, they in fact expressed eagerness to, and that's how you know it's bullshit. That's how you know it's not true. Jonesy, how did our international listenership change? Yeah, has it the gone last up? last couple episodes. Yeah, looking very lively out of Cambodia right now. Very yeah, lively. Very nice. See, there it is. Knew it. Knew it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, we're glad to have you back. Uh, and we, of course, want to thank our listeners. Uh, if we could ask a small favor, please continue to share the pod with Spartans in your life. It does mean a lot to us. Rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And, of course, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, at SpartanerScorePod. Plum, I'd ask you to outline the show, but I'm worried you're rusty. Ah, like a, like a, like a tetanus-filled nail just laying on the ground for you. Uh, well, our first segment is the Green Wall. I thought you were going to take <laughs> so it. So no, then. <laughs> <laughs> So indeed, so indeed, is rusty. indeed, indeed, Rusty. <laughs> there was enough dead air there that I'm like, I don't know that he's going to do this. Uh, is this a bit? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I got caught looking at Greg's face, which is what I did. <laughs> That's a real question. Yeah. You want to go ahead? Go ahead. Share with the listeners the segments. 
All right. Well, we're going to lead, uh, lead off this week behind the green wall with basketball, mm. uh, which only leads when the team had its best game ever. Uh, we'll talk about <laughs> football. We've got a lot of commits to be talking about. Love teenage boys on this podcast. We've got a couple staff updates. We'll talk hockey because there's a beautiful, beautiful sport that everyone fucking loves. We'll head off Grand River where <laughs> Tom Allen debases himself by going to Happy Valley before previewing two basketball games that no one could care less about unless seeing Tom Izzo dress up as an elf and get teed up is on your bingo card. Finally, we'll take your Twitter questions. So will we? <laughs> it wasn't the royal we. Let's say that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's head beyond the green wall. And yes, we're going to start with basketball because that was an incredible win. Uh, I've already watched Andy H's highlight reel twice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was uh, since it came out. Yummy. God. Yeah. Daddy's a beautiful man uh, out there, man. So I think we can spend some time going through the box score, but maybe let's save that to the end because I, I think there were some things that we talked about last week, which Plum's obviously up to date on, uh, about that. This team can't afford to not push on every possession. Yeah. And that it needs to get back to its core identity. And lo, that's what it did. Yeah. Uh, everything about this game was defend, rebound, and run. Uh, and it was fun. It's a fun brand of basketball to watch. Yeah, when that happens, the core identity of the time of the team is Cohen Carr Thunder Dunks live <laughs> and in the game. Just bringing the house down three times two yeah. times three, i three I, I like the look on his face on the last one of like i know that i'm about to bring this whole place down right now um it was just it's a different vibe than the basketball team the rest of the season but um i re- really top to bottom and i don't think this is going to be news to anyone it's a team effort it's sort of like the things that we were expecting to get from guys. Yeah. With a couple exceptions, sure. mostly, mostly ended up happening yeah. all in one game. So I'm terrified that this is like, they all got it out of their system and then we're mm-hmm. going to suck for the rest of the year. Hopefully that's not the lesson of this game, but like Tyson Walker goes crazy, which crazy. we expect to do, but it, it works here. Jay Nakin's, I think we saw more energy out of Jaden Akins in this game than the yep. rest of the of the year combined. Like I, I think Correct. there might be a carbon monoxide poisoning in East Lansing that's localized only to Jaden Akins. Yeah. And he like on the drive to Detroit, he finally got rid of it. Um you Open know we those windows. <laughs> Holloman, we see fears, uh Carson Cooper and uh Madi Sissoko, which I was astonished looking at the box score to see that Madi Sissoko played seven more minutes than Carson yeah. Cooper did in this game. Um, but they, those two guys both had great games. Madi Sissoko has got eight boards, which is all that we ever asked for this entire season. Truly. And Carson Cooper, uh, one, we got to talk about oops at some point, but offensively, I was almost more excited at one point when he got doubled and he passed to yes. a wide open Trey Holloman, who buried, or, or it might have been Aikens, actually. I don't remember who it was. One of those two guys. He had two of those, I think. Yeah, who drained might have been three. both. And I was like, dude, 
where has this been? Like, not only has there not been any oops or any kind of offense out of those guys, but the, it's been a black hole at the same time. So it all came together in one game and they walked the number six team in the country and the number three, three pointing three point shooting team in the country off the floor in the first seven minutes. Well, that highlight reel, I think, you know, for me, the story of that highlight reel was the defensive performance. I mean, you, you can't really look past the, the dunks. You can't look past some of the exciting uh, scoring. But but for me, it was uh, just some of the most robust defense. It's certainly the most robust defense we've played this season, but in, in maybe several seasons. I mean, yeah. you just, it, it was electric. And I don't know if it's because it's at LCA. I, who, I don't know what. I don't know what you attribute it to. I don't know how they found their, their, I don't know how Stella got her groove back the way she did. I don't know if Tom started like assaulting the players in the locker room. I don't know if he, (laughs) I don't know what he did. He did something. Someone did something because this is not the team that we've seen. And I think it is the team that we all knew was there or at least expected this to be. Mm -hmm. But, um, but to your question, I mean, it is one wonders are, I, I don't see how the wheels come off the bus. I don't see how all these players play as well as they just did in gelling like that. And then it, and then we revert to some sort of mean, I, I have to think that they've broken through God. I don't know if that's wishful thinking, but some, something has broken through. I, I don't want to derail the conversation, but I do want to, I do want to ask you both who you're most, who you were most disappointed in, in this game, because I do think truly to ourselves, we have to be at least somewhat honest uh, around a couple areas of maybe frustration. Well, it, we can get there. I, I do want to, you, you pinpointed the defense and I, and I think it's worth spending a second on that. Cause even uh, Baylor's coach in the post game said like, that is not the team we've seen on film. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> like, <clears throat> but was yep. like, they were fundamentally sound. And, and the yep. thing is that we talked going into the season about how, in some ways, there should be some athleticism upgrades this year. And it's not just Cohen Carr, but Cohen Carr lets other people play in different places and do different yep. things. And what we saw was a lot of ball hawking, a lot of dudes getting in lanes, uh, disrupting passes. Yep. Uh, and, and that led to all those fast, a ton of those fast break points. Um, and so I guess I'm hopeful that, that, uh, you know, with with how bad the offensive performances had been, that Tom's able to like actually say, point to film and say, look at what defense did for you offensively instead of yeah. the other way around. Yep. Because yep. um, that everything started with that defense. Yeah. Um, the guys that we were talking, it was about, electric. Jacoby Walter. I I don't know. As a as a freshman, he was playing really well. Maybe he just hadn't been punched in the mouth like that. Yeah. Um, so like they played him incredibly well. Jalen Bridges, of course, played him incredibly well. Did um, he only get five shots up? Bridges? Bridges? Uh that yeah, in two 25 for five. minutes. Yeah. And they're a incredible th- what's kind of interesting about Baylor's stats for the game is they're very winnable stats. Like they're they're overall like shooting percentage, even their three-point shooting percentage, like they would beat that team that Scott Drew was expecting to see with those stats. 
Um, I think another big part of this is just how, well, well obviously, uh, how good MSU's offense was. Um, I mean, they shot eight for 12 from three. It's like they say only 12 three pointers. Yeah. Like, I think that's the thing that it, I, I go back to, like that defense bred offense, right? Like they scored relentlessly in the paint. They drove the paint. They drove, they, they scored on fast breaks. They didn't settle for the outside shots. Yeah. The things we've been asking <clears throat> them to do, yep. AJ to turn the corner and create for others, he did. And it was like, it was great. Yep. They just, if you can't shoot, get inside. I, I, like, it's not complicated. And then the shooting came. I don't know. Did, 12 attempts is not many attempts. I didn't get to see the press conferences, Jonesy. Did Scott Drew and Tom Izzo address the fact that they clearly made a uh, pact in advance that they were going to do as many oops and lobs in this game as they possibly could? Both teams were just like, That's all they did. The whole time. Let's go. <clears throat> I, I'm sad that no one asked Tom Izzo because Scott Drew was mic'd up for the game. Yeah. So, Tom, you didn't want to wear a microphone? <laughs> <laughs> Plum, to your, to your question about uh, areas of, for improvement, because you, you watch the game and it's, it's hard to get overly disappointed about Mike. No, no, and I, and I, and uh, I, but I just think we have to be consistent. <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah, no, no, no. It's, uh, I mean, and because I, I think it's, it's, tough right like do i wish that Madi and and carson cooper were bigger offensive threats of course i do mm-hmm. but they're not and so mm-hmm. they played within themselves right like they all we can ask all we can all ask we should ask of them um you know and jade nakins uh only five points but had four boards like you're not going to complain about that from a guard his shot still not falling only two not for six falling. from the floor yes but like you know the at some point in time, like those numbers, you just have to keep shooting through it. And yeah. so I, I'm not going to, he didn't take any bad shots. No. So and I think that's right. That. I, I will say that that's right. That, that it, six shots is annoying to me because that is a smaller denominator than we should be seeing from him. But when you look at 88 points scored on the game, I don't know where to, I don't know what changes. Like, so I think, I think yeah, you want is, to not shoot. It, thank you, and I and I think for your I think your point is the the chances he took were good ones. They're not all yeah. going to fall, and he was a more distributive player, and he was. I mean, he was, you know, he was moving the ball around really well. I think that was it for me for him. Really good eyes. I, not his best performance still by by you know some measures, and that's a concern to me. But I want to talk about Malik Hall. Um, well, yeah, I was going to get there. Yeah. Okay. Well, go ahead. Oh, no, that's, that's the person you have to point to 22 minutes played, uh, five points, uh, two for two from the floor and a, and a free throw, but only one rebound, one assist. Uh Uh-huh. And his usage numbers very low in those 22 minutes. Very low. Yep. Yeah. Um, one wonders. I, I, you know, he wasn't putting up those oops. He wasn't making those lob passes. He wasn't doing a lot of setups for guys. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what was his plus minus. Was he barely, barely over, barely over. He's got one dime. He's got no rebounds. Yeah. One rebound. Pardon me. One defensive rebound. So, yeah. 
I guess if there's one place that we can point at, it would be Malik Hall. It's like, you kind of disappeared in this game. We He's, didn't need you. I mean, he had a did. game. He was good a couple weeks ago, right? That when we still lost, like it was the Wisconsin game he was good at. Was it Wisconsin we lost to while I was gone? Uh, we lost to Nebraska. Nebraska, were. Nebraska, Nebraska. And I would but, say Nebraska yeah. is probably the game where he was good. And where he was lost. good, right? Yeah, that was it. That was the one. Yeah, I knew he had like some redemptive performance somewhat recently. Um, yeah, uh, but anyway, I, I asked the question, and Malik was he wasn't the guy I wanted to uh, riff on. It was Stevie Izzo. Stephen Izzo is, is a piece of shit, and he should <laughs> fucking kill himself. How dare you, you horse's ass? I'm sure that there's no one nicer in this universe than Stephen Izzo. I'm not sure of that, but maybe. <laughs> How are you sure of that? He has a kind face, uh, but I swear to God, I want to beat it in with a toaster. He, unforgivable. <laughs> <laughs> This is the second game he's gone to the charity stripe for free points. At this point, he's doing this on purpose to hurt his father, and I don't know why. Um, it runs in the family. Isn't the story about Tom Izzo at Northern missing a big free throw and and losing a big game? Like, it's, it's the same thing. It's like father like son. Is that son. why Tom shoots 100 free, throw, free throws yeah, every right. day? It, yes. It's not a genetic thing. You know, it's passed down. It's learned behavior. I, I will say he walked right up to that line and he was like, I don't even need any dribbles. Let me just brick this. Let me just. <laughs> <laughs> Twice. Yeah, it was um, it was not uh, not smooth. Let's say that a disappointment to everyone. And um, <laughs> disappointing. Yeah, the, the, the camera was still on his face, like yeah, the, literally in the you know the dribble literally. cam. Yeah, yeah. I just anyway, I can't even feel sorry for him at this point. It's just like my guy. Everyone is rooting for you. Everyone loves you. Everyone wants this for you. But really, we want it for us. And on the night of nights, when truly magic was in the air. You managed yeah. to just fuck it. Like, come on, my guy. Ah. Oh. So anyway, love him. Sorry. Uh, Davis Smith uh, gets a free throw, though. He's in the points column. Yeah. Huh? Mm. In also, front of uh, dear old dad. Uh, yeah, of no, you're right. Uh, we offensive rebounded about one half of our misses. Uh, Eight yeah. offensive boards to right. seventeen misses. No, it's that's a great that's a great statistic actually. That's I, I there. So I think listeners, it, it seems clear there was kismet in the air, right? Mm, like, hold well on, you uh, getting half of of this is of what the, Plunk comes of, back from for the for, for the kis, words for kismet. Yeah, that's a, hold on. Uh, for you know half your offensive boards to shoot uh, what. Sixty-six uh, percent from yeah. no seventy-five percent from three-point. Crazy good. It doesn't matter. Whatever. Well, can we just say that good. we shot better from the three than we 66. did from the fucking charity stripe? Sixty-five under sixty-five percent from it. from free throws. He found it. I was waiting for him to find it. <laughs> How in the my lord and my god, Jeremy Fear should have a finger removed from his hand. Fifty <laughs> percent. All right. All right. Like the banshees of insurance. <laughs> <laughs> He's just going to walk up to Plum's house, throw the finger throw his fingers at my door. And he should. Someone should. 
I know that. There's like four people listening that are going to get this reference. Yeah, okay. it's a good movie. Go see it. <laughs> but be in a certain yeah. mindset yeah. when you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you have yeah. to be willing to appreciate certain dry humors. Very dry. Very dry. Yeah, the plus uh, minus for Steven right. Izzo is unfortunate. My lord. Well, this was a good game. Uh, it just plum would lead you to believe that maybe it wasn't. Uh, I know, was, and I do, was, and I and I do apologize for that, but not really. Uh, I did want to chat because I think going into this game, there was this uh, there was this conversation happening around some media folks that uh, everything had to go right for this team. Its margin for error was so small. Mm that everything had to go right for it to be able to win games. I mean, that might have been our narrative after the Nebraska <laughs> game. Yeah, sure. Well, it can be it can be us too. Uh, but I, I think the more that I think about that, it doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. First of all, everything went right here, mm-hmm. and we smoked Baylor. Except so for not Stevie everything Izzo had. and except for Malik Hall. And Malik 64% uh, from, the, from the charities, right? So, like, not everything has to go right, clearly. And then mm-hmm. also... You look back at the Arizona game, and quite a bit went wrong, and we were in that game. I agree with you. Perhaps not enough credit was given for the Arizona game, especially considering that they were up with a few minutes to play. So I think, I think you, I buy your point, especially as it relates to the Arizona game, a game that we couldn't yeah, have won very easily. And I'll ch- check really quick, but the. You know, I think Ken Palm, well, it, I wish you could weigh back on Ken Palm. Uh, because at one point in time, our luck was like last. Well, in now the, yeah, it's... we're 357 in luck out of, uh, out of 362. 362. So that's five so, unluckier teams than us. Yeah, which is so in so when you count that every single one of our losses so far is against a top 25 opponent who's so they're all quad one losses. Uh, it is it's telling that, you know, I, on the one hand, everything we saw today should be what this team takes forward. You can play defense hellaciously. You can hang your hat on that and that will keep you in games. You can get in transition because of that. Like, and just like, there's a lot that they should take from this, but I think we were in a dark place when we recorded last time. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we used fart and, humor. That's where we were at. Uh, and I don't know. Right. Is above fart humor. We, we, yeah. we don't do blue usually, but. So I, I don't know. I, I think the, the truth is likely somewhere in the middle. Uh, I, I was starting to get worried about not making the tournament. Um, and now it's, it's can't, it, the, the question that has always been with AJ Hogarth teams is still the question. Show it to me again, AJ. Show it to me again and again and again, and then maybe eventually I'll believe you. So here's um, the good news. This team's got to go on a bit of a winning spree, and it is primed to do so. Oakland, Stony Brook, Indiana State, Penn State, Northwestern. This is a Northwestern team that can both beat uh, Purdue and then also lose to Chicago State, which is like Ken and has Boo Booey. Infinity. Oh, that's true. And has Boo Booey. Then, unfortunately, you've got to go to Illinois. But then you get to come back for Rutgers, Minnesota, and then play Maryland on the road. And Maryland is having a bit of a struggle. 
So between now and Friday, January 26th, where we go to the Kohl's Center to play Wisconsin, a team that we don't want to beat right now, but it would be a very MSU thing to lose by 13 on your floor and then go beat them on theirs. There's a lot, there should be on paper a lot of green W's in in that span. Mm. So really the only tricky game in there other than on the road because you're on the road the big 10 at maryland is on the road at northwestern that's probably the trickiest game but it is conceivable that we don't stop winning until january 26th and certainly the team that we saw saturday will not would win yes all of those yes the team that we saw the week before would be like 500 on this (laughs) schedule (laughs) We'll tie Stony Brook somehow. Mm-hmm. Well, so I guess both of you, when we watch Oakland, when we watch Stony Brook, yeah, are I think for for me, I don't. Again, a lot went right in this game. I mean, we shot incredibly well. I, I don't expect that kind of a repeat performance. Uh, but I I would be extremely disappointed if the team didn't perform with the same intensity that it did mm. in this game. Correct. I think that's what you look for. That's, I think you look I for think what yeah. And I think you look for intensity. I think you look for just rebounding um well maybe that is the word. Maybe intensity is the word. Like tries. Like you know what I mean? Like I Madi. I I haven't seen a game out of Madi like this for maybe the first yeah. game of the season. Like I last like, year. <laughs> with 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 a the first game of last year. <laughs> a minute and a half left in the game. Or I'm sorry, a minute and a half into the game. A minute and a half into the game, he's already slapping the floor because he got one board in a putback. I was like, uh, please don't debase yourself in this team. I'm glad you're excited. You're doing the minimum expected of you in this position group. So... But that's fine. Whatever it takes. Maybe this is the next generation. They need a lot of uh, positive reinforcement. And if that involves uh, hitting the floor for, you know, completing a pass. You sound like Tom right now. Yeah, well, listen. You sound like Tom right now. Hey, when you're right, you're right. But good. I like yeah. the word. The intensity. I think that's it. I think the the the, I'll, the other thing I'll say is this. If Malik performs well, we will lose the game. And that is, <laughs> for me, <laughs> that's that's the concern. So I think that's what we're looking for, is for Malik to continue to have mid to low mid performances. All right. You heard it here, Malik. Mail it in for the rest of the season. We'll get the natty. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's chat some football. Uh, so there's a lot of movement with players. So uh, we'll start with uh, folks who have reaffirmed in some way or will be remaining on the team uh so first and i think everyone's very excited about this mm-hmm. our place kicker jonathan kim apparently has more eligibility i don't know how like is. did he go find it somewhere at the football building well, he just like opened a drawer well, and he was like oh <laughs> eligibility i'll i'll use this <laughs> jacoby winman who we'll get to in a little bit was also surprised to find out he has another year uh so yeah, but not um surprised enough to stay that's correct nice. correct i you know what uh, honestly we're gonna get into university stuff in a little bit all the players that we stuck by from the tunnel get, gate stuff yeah kept retained took the 
we took the hits for them. Yep. Any of any of them that have left, yep. bailed on the team. Yep. I don't take kindly to it. Yep. I don't. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Yeah. Yep. Uh well Jonathan Kim, we're excited to have back. Indeed. Uh was And would never hit I forget anyone what, with his helmet. <laughs> yeah, I forget what he uh ended the year at. Uh, but he was, I believe, gold from within uh, 40 yards. Uh, and then I think he was 66% from 40 plus. But like half of those misses came from 50 plus. So um, I think it, the big technical leg. football term for it is anointed by God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is that right, Pond? Uh, so have. Yeah. Yeah, you're the man of God. Uh, None of you can see this uh, because we have the Zoom and you don't, but he gave me the sign of the cross. cross. When are we going to start releasing these, you know, these videos? Now that we're recording them, we can. People love it. You would have to wipe off uh, your webcam. It is dirty, isn't it? It is. You don't need to spit on your finger. Uh, all right, next up. Like a kid, like you were coming up to a kid with like a smudge on his face. He licked his thumb. We're giving, it's too much. We're telling, we're giving, we're, we're, this is what happens when Plum comes back. We when just I come back. Start uh, all right, we're moving on. Uh, That's a lot better. Uh, three offensive linemen. So we recorded last week and we're asked like, who do you want out of the portal? And I said, offensive linemen. Uh, three of them came back out. Uh, uh, Brandon Baldwin, Ethan Boyd, and uh, big Chris Dooley. The Dooley. Uh, came the out Duel. Of, out the of Dooley the Duel. Uh, Jordan Hall was on another podcast and said that he was going to be here in January, yeah. is what he said. Yeah. So we'll take it. Uh, that's not the football season. For those that don't know the calendar, that's not <laughs> the football season. That is a, that is a, I'm not transferring now. We'll yep. see. Uh, that, that's a nice way of saying, we'll see what NIL, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, thing gets presented to me in January. Yeah. Um, Nick Marsh, the uh, highest ranked recruit in our recruiting class, reaffirmed his commitment to Michigan State. Uh, and it looks like the rest of the class remains similarly locked in, which I think is kind of interesting i I know that there wasn't a ton of star power in that class but there were some not bad recruits in it either uh that decent offers and it makes me think that a lot of those kids picked michigan state because they liked michigan state um Mm. which i also think is you know you got to meet the new coaching staff and make sure you like them too but uh it's sort of interesting to be like these guys might have picked us because they for the same reasons we like msu but it's also related to um their mom's Twitter presences to yep. some degree. Yep. Uh, not uh, not the Luneski twins. Uh, sure. They don't, I don't, you know. We don't uh, know their mom. We don't. And they have unicycle times. They, mm. they ride unicycles. What? Mm. Apparently they, yeah, apparently they used to work in the circus or something. What? Mm. No. I yeah. can't wait to I, hear about this during broadcasts. No, thank not you, only are they brother, they brothers. There's two of them, but they've got this background. Oh my god! Color commentators be just like, just thrilled on this. Mm-hmm. I almost went blue uh, again, but we're not doing that anymore. Yeah. Uh, 
All right, so let's get into some commitments because there's been a ton of them since we recorded last. Yeah, but they're uh, all three so, stars with the exception of one. Well, we're going to have to get used to that because uh, that, uh, particularly for this uh, this year, you know, uh, it's worth keeping in mind, folks, that there is a truncated timeline that Jonathan Smith had to recruit under, mm-hmm. and a number of these are flips from Oregon State. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. First up is Andrew uh, Brinson, uh, who's a defensive back uh, out of Texas, I believe. Does that sound right? Tampa. I'm sorry, Tampa. Um, Was also being recruited at uh, Oregon State. And I guess offers you might be interested in. Illinois, Indiana, Louisville, Purdue. Okay, Utah. We can't do this for Wisconsin. There are like (laughs) eight dudes. They all have offers. We can't do that. Like they, this is what happens, recruits. If you're listening, if you come in at the same time as everyone else, we can't give you your due. So pick a couple here, Jonesy, that you like, and then let's focus on Aiden Childs. Uh, Brinson's the big one. Uh, uh, Wyatt Hook, uh, tight end, uh, also a, a flip from Oregon State. Uh, Keyshawn Williams, a cornerback slash athlete, uh, Mikai Frazier, Brandon Tullis, both two running backs in the class. Yep. Um, and then we just picked up a quarterback commitment from Alessio. Go ahead. Try Malovic. it. Milovic. Mm, Nailed it. Who <clears throat> we, I believe we've talked about already live and on the air. Yeah. We reference this. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Ball State flip uh, with an offer sheet that, is like the entirety of the Mac. Mm, yuck. Close. And Nebraska and Ole Miss. And oh, yeah, all right. And Connecticut. Yeah. Mm. But, it, but recently. what we had said before is that he's kind of on the come up and considered to be like a, how is it that the other programs have not seen this guy's film mm-hmm. type of situation? Yeah. Mm. 6 3 2 10, like that's a quality frame. Uh, is so, he gonna? Is he and, gonna and go, open way, a, go open a drawer and pull out another star? Is he gonna go find another star in a drawer somewhere? Yeah, Jonathan Kim, go you show, show him, him that <laughs> show magic him where your drawer. drawer is. <laughs> uh, the, the Tom Izzo football building. <laughs> I can't with that name. <laughs> oh my god, I can't. Fuck. Uh, but the big news is, of course, that we picked up a commitment from Aiden Childs, uh, who was in the transfer portal. He was the former top 100 player and quarterback for uh, Oregon State, who played, I believe, in nine of their games, yeah. uh, at least some snaps. Uh, he had wonderful statistics. Uh, I don't have them up in front of me in his time. Um, but uh, dual threat quarterback. And I don't know what to say other than this is a this is a big win for Michigan State. Well, it, it had to be. I mean, every other one of our fucking quarterbacks threw themselves into a meat grinder. I don't know. I guess or, or in one of the Carolinas. Is that it? I mean, they're all gone. So good and good for them and good riddance to them. Um, I suppose one says. Uh, Aiden Childs was the best quarterback in the transfer portal this year. Also worth. Yeah, sure. What this feels like a little bit to me is a certain media personality in Detroit who has an Uh, affinity for H.R. Puffin stuff. (laughs) Uh, 
he one of his theories, one of his decidedly, and we got to give him credit for this, kind of okay. like off the wall uh, theories, was we should take Chip Kelly from UCLA because he might bring Dante more. And the idea here was brand new football coach bringing with him a quarterback, something similar to like a Kalen DeBoer going to Washington. And that is a team that's now in the college football playoff, which uh-huh. is something we would like to do to do. Mm. And it seems to me that we kind of got that situation anyway, except for, Instead of having Chip Kelly, which is a guy that's struggling at UCLA and probably would not be the culture fit that we would want, we're having it with a dude that feels like D'Antonio 2.0 so far, and he comes in with a guy yeah. that is 24-7's number one transfer quarterback prospect. Yep. yep. So it seems like that kind of ended up happening anyway, and... It's going to be a step up from where we were. Also this week, it's not lost on me that we saw where our transfer quarterbacks ended up. They're all in the directional Carolinas. We're on the full compass of Carolinas. Levitt uh, yes. went to Arizona State. Except for Levitt. He's a devil now. Um, which Herm Edwards is still trying to figure that out. Um, so I, I, like, you gotta like this. Um, and I understand that like flexing on Oregon state fans on Twitter also brings with it like its own joy, uh, because they have been truly awful, but they, you know, like hurt people, hurt people as we've discussed. That's we've discussed it, but like, this is the dude he's uh, also, if, uh, if rumors are correct, he's getting paid like the dude. Are we going to talk about that Jonesy? Um, but uh, like yeah. it, that ended up happening anyway. We got an offensive-minded guy that knows how to develop, that seems like a good culture fit, and he brought a hell of a quarterback with him. Yeah, uh, and and I, I think it's also the dual threat component of this. I don't, I don't think people should lose track of here because because our offensive hey, line is going to need a mobile quarterback. Yeah, for God's sake, might be running for his life. Uh, it be that as as we try and uh, upskill uh, on the offense, that it, you know, if you think about the quarterback as somebody who primarily is just a passer, and you're playing ten on eleven, but when you have a quarterback who can also be a running threat, then it presents a truly eleven on eleven game for the defense, which is just one more person they have to meaningfully account for. Yeah, uh, and so that hopefully provides a little extra burst in addition to his clearly God-given talents uh, that, that, uh, that allow us to maybe sneak a game or two in that we might not have otherwise. And next year's schedule doesn't look terribly unfavorable either. So can I, um, I, I, I have some questions. I know I made a joke about this. I don't want to take us back or too far, but how is it that we lost every single one of our quarterbacks? I mean, every single one of them, went into the portal and and landed somewhere. I mean, they weren't fucking around. And the only one that I can really give any credit to for having done that is Stephen Levitt because, or Sam Levitt or whatever his name was. Who cares? Too late. Doesn't matter anymore. Um, because he, he has a anger toward, uh, Jonathan Smith for not, uh, well, interesting thing on that. And they might not have 
talked about this while you were on the other side of the planet. But uh, Kenny Dillingham, who is the current head football coach at Arizona State, ah. was the then offensive coordinator slash quarterbacks coach at Oregon when he chose not to recruit uh, uh, Mr. Levitt. So Mr. Levitt seems to have taken it personal with Jonathan Smith, but, but is unbothered when it comes to Kenny Dillingham. So it, it's a little inconsistent. Now, I My understand goodness. that staying here in this year and his experience as a freshman must have been unpleasant. So, like, sure. I understand that. Yeah. But just say that. There are plenty of dudes in their, yeah. like, Twitter thing that are saying that. Yeah. Don't make up this garbage about, like, he had the chance to recruit me and he decided not to, so I'm gone. Because Kenny Dillingham, the guy that you're playing for now, also, also passed. Recruit you. Yeah. And also passed. Wow. Yeah. Well, uh, I know Noah Kim to Coastal Carolina. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, and uh, Kate Hauser to Eastern, Eastern, Eastern Carolina. Carolina. Burn the boats. Yeah. Yes, that was the pirate flag because I was like urban Stan question. <laughs> um, That's why he I, transferred. He wanted urban. Yeah, and don't blame him. Um, I that was surprising to me. Both of them. I guess I like what uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. You you would. What did Jonathan Smith say to these guys? Anything? Were they that upset with how everything happened? I mean, this is a whole new coaching staff. Effectively, um, I don't know. I, that surprised me. Well, I assume that Noah knew sure. it's not going to be me. Yeah. Uh, and I assume that Caton knew it's also not going to be me. That's how you end up at because, directional Carolina. Yeah. Because if uh, if uh, Sam had stuck around, it was still not going to be Caton. Yeah. Uh, and then I assume also they knew that... Uh, once Sam left, they were going to have to get a transfer quarterback also. Yeah. So, like, I, 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 then it's like, well, they're going to out-recruit me. How many like, stars I, I, did Sam and Kaiten have between the two of them? Nine? Like, combined, eight. Yeah, eight. eight. They're, okay, both, they're both four, they were stars. Both four stars. All right. All right. Well. Uh, though, uh, both, well, at least Kaiten was a late four-star. Uh, I also think Caton did himself a little dirty. Like he was thrown into kind of an unfair situation and I, it didn't go well, but like I kind of expected him to do better, better than Eastern Carolina. Yeah. Although judging yeah, I mean, from judging from the pictures on, in, on Twitter or slash Instagram slash Snapchat or whatever, he seems to be doing fine out there. Hmm. But, um, hmm. I think he probably, well, could I think people probably watched some more. But it's not like in his first few starts with that offensive yeah. line and throwing to those options. This is part of Aiden Child's problem is like, who's he throwing to next year? Yeah, that's the question. Well, <clears throat> well we can we can get himself there. Uh, himself. If he can throw it high enough and if his legs work, go grab it. You can yeah. Grab it. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, let's but let's talk about the remainder of that room. Uh, yeah, Plum, you spittled on your on, on your webcam. Remember earlier uh, when you spit on your on your webcam? That was foreshadowing, as it turned out. 
uh, the um, welcome back, buddy. <laughs> uh, so we have one freshman commit. We have a true sophomore, presumably starting quarterback, and a redshirt COVID senior walk-on quarterback in uh, Shlofar. What doesn't matter? He's forty uh, years old. He actually lives next door to me. Um, they're yeah. lovely. They're great. <laughs> uh, He's got a so we need another one. Care. And we we talked about uh, Greg. You and I were talking about how. We've heard Aiden Childs is getting a disgusting amount of money to come play here. Uh, But that it feels like this is a place where the collectives need to spend again on insurance policy. Any, yeah. And like, hey, you're not going to the league, quarterback X in the transfer. Yep. Uh, How interested are you in a graduate degree? Yeah. Like, because you could come here for a year, we'll pay you fifty, a hundred thousand dollars to come up from the Mac and work on your grad degree, and and be the backup quarterback. Is that yeah. a good deal? Yeah, like you decide. I, I would take the deal. Yeah, yeah. I think that has got to be appealing to someone out there. I know a lot of these guys want to play, but they have a COVID year. A yeah. lot of these guys have played a long time. Yep. And it's obvious that you're not going to the league at this point. So I have to assume at some of these programs, there's no NIL anything. And if you can give the opportunity to ride the bench and, but be a mentor to Aiden Childs and also be ready to grab your helmet and go in, in a big 10 game, which is a brighter light than you've ever experienced before. And could, and as you know, if you're, if you're truly an established and, uh, uh, you know, you know, as someone that's been around, um, you know, that that can happen at any time, especially with a mobile quarterback. That's a true sophomore. Uh, I have to think that that would be very appealing to someone out there, not to everyone. Cause yeah. every one of these guys thinks they're going to the league, but there's gotta be someone that would be willing to be like. I will transfer to a Big Ten team. I'm going to take the risk. I'm going to start my graduate degree. I'm going to go be a dentist or something. So I'm going to go get started on that or whatever. I don't even know. I know that MSU doesn't have a dental college, actually. So that's not a good example. But um, go to Broad, you know, start with your accounting uh, graduate degree or whatever. Um, Because you can't just have Aiden Childs and a true freshman in yeah. this quarterback room next year. So it is, it is worth noting. And I don't know. Uh, it, we tend to not, we tend to not talk about pre-commitment folks, but it, it is worth noting that there's another quarterback from the class of 2024, a four-star quarterback that, that Michigan state is in on, uh, who recently decommitted from Duke. Um, and it's sort of between us and Indiana is, what the conventional wisdom is. I don't know how the commitment of Alessio plays into that. It's entirely possible. They pick up two freshmen. I still don't love that and feel like we should be pitching this. Hey man, you want to come mentor some young guys and like get a grad degree and we'll pay you good money. Yeah. You'll get paid 50 grand. Can you imagine having 50 grand in your pocket as a, you know, super senior at MSU bro? 
First off, I can't so imagine you, having the amount of money that Aiden Childs is about to have on campus. Yeah, allegedly. Yeah. Allegedly. Yeah. But like, it's a good life to be the backup quarterback 21 going out. Everyone kind of knows who you are. Bro. Mm-hmm. That would be very appealing to a, I would think, some 22 or 23 year old out there. Just open up that Does drawer. Does Anthony Russo have eligibility left? Honestly, oh. that's exactly what you're looking for. And Anthony Russo, as I understand it, enjoyed the trappings of everything that we're describing. And good that's, for him. That's exactly who you want. You need to find yourself an Anthony Russo. Um, all right, let's... Uh, uh, is there anything else we want to say here? Uh, otherwise, uh, we can talk a little bit about attrition and then talk about the staff and then move on. All right, let's do that really quickly. Okay. Attrition, uh, Jacoby Winman enters the portal. Uh, we touched on that. Evan Morris, who folks may have been like, who is that? Uh, tight end. Uh, who also who kicks. got meaningful snaps last year. Yeah, also former kicker. Uh, a, a worse version of Tyler Hunt. Um, staff, we make it official uh, with Courtney Hawkins, which leaves two of the remaining 10 uh, coaching spots yet to be filled. It'll be interesting to see if uh, Joe Rossi ends up coaching linebackers like he did at Minnesota, but TBD. While we're on uh, this, can I just hockey. ask, uh, yeah. do we want, um, do we want uh, Mark D'Antonio to fill one of those two spots and see if he can be as helpful to Jonathan W. Smith <laughs> as he was to, uh, as he was to Harlan Barnett? <laughs> He'll leave the sticky notes. Helpful like he and additive. Yep. <laughs> That's great. Fucking great. Uh, yeah, who knows? Maybe Harlan's back. Maybe Harlan's back. <laughs> He's claimed to be. Claiming to be. Yep. All right. All right, Greg, say some things about hockey, and then we're going to head off Grand River. So, uh, turns out last week we covered the uh, World Juniors tryouts. Most of those guys made it on their teams. So, again, an indication of very strong very. Uh, recruiting and very strong talent on the team. What it does mean is that Trey Augustine is not going to be available for the GLI. We kind of knew that he was going to make the team anyway, so it didn't really matter. And fortunately, I'm told we have more talent sitting on the bench as a goalie than a lot of teams have starting. So we'll get to see that. It's a very strange twist. Um, speaking of the GLI, if you're going to be in Grand Rapids, Go do that hockey, man. Go support this team. As I said last week, and I haven't looked it up since then because I'm not good at this. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember the last time we won a GLI. Plum, you weren't here. Do you remember the last time we won a Great Lakes Invitational? Oh. I sincerely do not. Oh, last year. No, we got very close last year and then it did I'm not happen. I know. Yeah. Uh, so go support the team. Enjoy it. Um, speaking of going and supporting the team, people are doing that in droves. My understanding is basically all of the games early. for the rest yeah. of the season at Mun, which will be selling alcohol starting in the new year, uh, have already been sold out. So, I mean, some of the clips from the recent games of Mun, like rocking, enjoy it. Go back. Enjoy this team. It's still going to be cheaper to go see a hockey game than to see this basketball team. Choose that one. Go choose that one. Go do that. Go do that hockey. Have a beer. Um, it should be a good time. Did you already get our tickets to the hockey game? 
Did we agree that we were going to a hockey game? Uh, we agreed. You were supposed to buy the tickets. People, <laughs> this was on your plate. It was. This it's, was for you to do. You were supposed to get them on whatever vivid seats you use, and then they don't come through. And then, <laughs> and then we just watch the game from outside of Mun. I, I have a, a well-established reputation as the one that should be in charge of uh, seats and tickets. Yes, <laughs> so. yes, yes. yes. Uh, yeah, I got them. Yeah, I got them. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> All right, let's head off Grand River. Uh, so some staffing news. Uh, Penn State has hired Tom Allen as defensive coordinator. I just, um, Sad. just wanted to spend a second and, and one out. I, I think you got to respect the game. Uh-huh. DJ got, got paid out by Indiana. And you got to love each other. That's the most important thing. Yeah. And we're, we're better to do that than Happy Valley. Uh, oh, so happy. So, we so need to happy. Issue a bit of a correction on Juwan Howard. Oh. Uh, I think we were pretty good last episode when it broke of saying, if this is true. Yeah, hopefully. I think. You guys know, I don't know, because I didn't want to listen to it because it would be embarrassing, I think. Uh... But so Juwan Howard, apparently not in a physical altercation with the strength and conditioning coach, but was in some sort of verbal altercation with the strength and conditioning coach, which is growth to the point where the strength and conditioning coach was like, I'm not showing up to work. Not and I'm filing a formal HR complaint for hostile work environment. But don't worry, everybody, because Ward Manual proved that Ward Manual can still do Ward Manual things, which hey, is to say, it's a s- nothing. Alex, he addressed it in three sentences in a written response, uh, which I believe and led off I, with. I had been assured he is still our coach. I, I and I had been assured Juwan Howard was on a zero tolerance policy, uh, but uh, very zero. Hmm. Yep. Uh, Okay, uh, we'll do some sadder news, uh, and then we'll move on. Uh, so, uh, MSU has reached a settlement with the families of uh, of the victim slain uh, in last February, um, which I think is hopefully a hopefully brings those families comfort. Mm-hmm. I guess, um, and that's I think the best thing I can say about it. It's not happy news, anyway. You slice it. Um, I have to say, so I'm going to make a sit yeah. on this topic. I apologize. I'm bothered by the coverage that I've experienced of MSU and its physical plant upgrades since the shooting last year, hmm. because they've been so focused on what has MSU done? Have you put locks on the doors? Have you done this? Have you done that? Have you done blah, blah, blah? None of it is focused on what the other institutions in the state are doing, which tells me that either we're just straight reacting to what happened and, or we're not thinking about like what it might mean for the other public institutions in the state. Or it tells me that these publications think maybe there's something intrinsic to East Lansing that they need this and other institutions don't. Mm. It's, it's not the, the point of these aren't these articles and what's written is not what did we learn as public institutions in the state and from this and what can all public institutions implement as a result? It's what's has MSU put a lock on a door. They need to put a lock on the door. And I don't care for that because there's nothing intrinsic 
to the university right. for what happened in this case. It was a guy that had no connections to the university, walked over, committed this atrocity. And again, I'm with you, Jonesy. I really hope that this brings the family's comfort. I truly do. But it has bothered me since then that no one has asked what's going on at Eastern, Central, Western. What's going on at Lake Superior State? What's going on in Ann Arbor about this? They had a scare several years ago related to this where there was on the Diag, there was a report of gunfire. It didn't, that wasn't what it was as it turned out, but this can happen anywhere at any time. Yeah. And it doesn't, no one seems to be interested in knowing what we learned as a state in our public institutions from this. People just seem to be interested in what has MSU done since then, which is important. But I think the better question is the first one. Well, okay. If we're going to talk about this, then it's also worth saying that every lead on every one of those single fucking stories should start with, it shouldn't have to be this way. Yeah. Mm. Cause it doesn't have to be this way. Yeah. And then if we're talking about MSU's settlement and again, I appreciate that MSU has sufficient funds that they're able to act as an insurer, essentially. Yeah. Because, yeah. It, because, it, because that's what's happening is that MSU has picked up the tab for our collective responsibility as a society to do fuck all about this. Right. Yeah. So like, you know, I'm, I, you know, I, I like, I hope the nicest thing I can say is that I hope that that what MSU was able to provide was to was able to give those families some some semblance of peace. I I I doubt that it does. I doubt that it gave them any peace. Their lives are broken. So I just it. But to your point, Greg, like I, I just I get really angry because it also reshaped a beautiful place. Mm. In, in the way that we were able to interact with our campus as, as alums and community members. And so, um, so yeah, I, but I don't know, Graham, if you happen to be listening to this bit, maybe you can ask Matt Maccarini to, to write that story on like, what are all the other schools doing? But in fairness to Matt Maccarini, personally, if we're going to call him out personally, I don't, I have not seen one of these types of articles from him. Oh no, I'm just saying he's a good journalist who's in, yeah. No, no, no. I'm, I'm suggesting that he's a good journalist and would do a good job on it. Yeah. I'm not suggesting that he wrote the pieces. It's like, that would be a good piece to do. Because we're going to get to NASA-related stuff. So I want to make sure that we're not calling out Matt Macarini because I think he did some of nope. the finest reporting on that subject yeah. during his initial span at the LSJ. But I no, understand. I, because he did great reporting. I completely yeah. get what you're saying and agree with it. Yeah. Uh, so... All right. Uh, do we want to talk about the state news piece? Let's just say or... briefly what it was. I think we had a situation of Michigan State football player. This was uh, last season, two yeah. seasons ago, 22. Last season, right? Well, oh, that was last season. Because it just concluded. Hello. That's why it's in the state yeah. news now. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yes, because it took a year. My God. Uh, woman, uh, you know, had uh, met in some way a football player uh went back to his apartment or they went to his apartment at some point uh things progressed into a sexual nature she did not want to do that she said no multiple times uh he continued to pressure her eventually she finally just said let's just get it over with or some or something to that effect 
Um, and then, you know, immediately broke down and was sort of like, uh, you know, didn't talk about what the football player's reaction was, but she was crying and then she left and she told a friend. And, um, when it finally, when she finally realized what had happened to her and, you know, she identified herself as a victim in this, um, an individual who, you know, I think, and this is what I want to be clear, you know, she didn't give consent, this sort of like, well, fine, let's just get it over with is not positive consent. It's not, that's not what that is. So we need to be really explicit about, um, yeah. the process by which we can obtain consent. The consent has to be active. It has to be positive. It has to be, when it comes to sex, something you're looking forward to doing, not something that you're just like, I want to leave here. And this is the easiest way for me to leave safely. And with my life is to have sex with you. That's not, that's not consent. Um, so anyway, uh, that's what happened. And, uh, she let, uh, several people know about it. The police, uh, Michigan State Police Department, fucked it on the first go round, uh, as we would, I guess, expect them to do. Uh, I don't know how you defend that. That officer, whose name is named in the article, should is still on the force. Should have been fired for sure. For what? Was, Sorry, what is the police officer who took the claim originally said? Oh, that's not rape. That no, that's not sexual assault. That's not what happened there. Uh, this police officer, just a regular police officer, not a detective, not a member of the. Yeah special victims unit or whatever the name is of that, uh, sex crimes unit. Um, and, uh, and, and so she sort of left there and was like, Oh my God. And then got in touch with someone else who was like, no, no, you need, you talked to the wrong unit. And then the, the detective, detective, yeah, yeah, the, the detective, detective the actual called her back was like, yes, you were sexually assaulted. Oh my God. Sorry that that officer will be tarred and feathered. Um, and then was also encouraged by that officer Go through the uh, the OIG, the Title Nine process. Uh, I I think that officer encouraged you to go to the prosecutor first. Sure, both, the, but like both and, and said do both, do both. Like we're gonna do this, okay, we're gonna take want, your report, and we encourage you to go to MSU. There's a separate process, but do both. The prosecutor's office said we don't have enough here to charge, and and even oh. if we did. We we it's going to be an uphill battle. You're going to have to testify. It's going to take a long time. Basically, did everything they could yeah. to dissuade her from. Um, but at the same time, I do think in these situations it's important to inform someone how difficult a process. Fine. Makes. Listen. Yes. Wait. wait there's no, there's there's a nuanced thing here that bothered me because the the the, the prosecutor said and she that you talked about cross examination. Yep. And talked about testifying, mm -hmm. which is an accused constitutional right to face the accuser and to ask them questions, and and that's a that's a dearly held American right. Yep. So it's it's it, obviously important. The prosecutor said, but the prosecutor also reiterated, "Oh, go to the Title IX office. Yep, it's much easier there. Yep. Well, lo, it's not." And instead of having a real attorney providing real quality representation as the victim of a crime, yep. she instead got farmed out to a shit system where she was indeed cross-examined still. Mm -hmm. And is. where, the, the, where the, uh, the accused would have had, though did not attend, would have had the right to also confront his accuser. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it like, so it, it's I, not easier. The, there's a, Yes. No, it's not. And that's the BS that I want to, yeah. Yeah. that we need to take a second to say, that's a lie they need to stop telling. 
They need to stop shoving these cases away because they don't want to deal with them over the Title IX office saying that it's easier there. It's not. And also, what is truly the justice that you get from the from the Title IX office? You don't get shit. You don't get shit. Someone might have to go away. Not not societally, not to prison. Right. Not like to a a a crime can be rehabilitated. Right. Which is let's not even debate that. That's like for an entire like whether you actually get rehabilitated in prison. Well, but it. It ships them off to another university. Donnie Corley goes it, off, goes down maybe, to Texas. Maybe, you know, whatever it is, we don't know what the the punishments are. I mean, but let's it, be explicit. Let we don't know what the punishments are. Right, but at the if, very if at the most, it's this person can't be on campus anymore. It's they been can't suspended be for on, in this years. geographical yep. area. Well, like truly what good, I, I understand that that means that you don't have to see them play at Spartan Stadium anymore. That like, means uh, you don't have to worry about seeing them at class. I understand yep. that. That's important. Yep. But it doesn't like, if this is a, an individual that's capable of this, why is it better to ship them off to some, you know, well, to, I just, some community I, college I, somewhere? I, so I, let's just say this. These these Title IX processes don't work. They don't serve anybody because although I don't buy them necessarily as much per se, there have been hit pieces and 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 a limited number, but some stories that are kind of cringeworthy of individuals being accused of things that are maybe maybe they're true, maybe they're not true. But I I don't I'm not going to judge them other than to say there have been some compelling pieces of journalism around Title IX offices from the perspective of men who get dragged into them and 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 if you believe those. That that's a problem, and if you believe women as we do, this is a pretty big problem. Title IX processes, university judicial systems don't like. And having spent three years on Michigan State's top judicial court, I can tell you they don't work. They're not convincing. This whole preponderance of evidence thing is irrelevant. The punishments aren't meaningful. There is no real sense of justice. So, if anything that we need to be telling women particularly is don't seek justice here. There is no such thing. These offices are a joke. And if you are afraid of anything, if the one thing you want is for folks to know that this guy did this to you, then you need to take his ass to court so he can be named and at least inflict reputational damage on him for what he did to you. That may be the only thing you get, but at least it's in the public domain, and at least everyone knows that he's a rapist. And it's sad here, and the state news wouldn't name him, and they really should have, because it's all a matter of public record, uh, I think. No. I'm guessing. I don't think no, so. None of it is. I don't think we'll find out. Will we? Well, now that – no, no, because he, he was uh, acquitted as not – he was not found responsible. And so mm-hmm. – uh, it would be it would be detrimental to him to publish his name in a way that like I mean so here's the other this is the thing that is so yeah. frustrating is that the in in fairness in fairness the process did play out I have a lot of qualms with what the process is and and we don't need we spent a lot of time right. on this now and like yeah. like I mean the the judge in this instance went rogue in deciding how to to impeach her character which is wild because he wasn't there. Like it's, it's bizarre. It was wild, but, but the, the inherently what happened, the, the accusation Mm -hmm. is criminal conduct. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And instead of allowing criminal conduct to play out in a court of law, we've instead decided to adjudicate it 
with a bunch of fucking kangaroos yep. at an inept office. And so with, with lawyers cosplaying as judges. Because yep. the judge in this case was an attorney. And, and I guarantee, I, I know because I, I know these attorneys that I, I, I used to argue in front of arbitration panels, they love this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they get revel to, in it. They get to pretend. Yep. And they don't have to. And so I just, the idea that we've chosen to take inherently criminal conduct and place it in the jurisdiction of these offices. Yeah, yeah it's a joke. It, this is wasn't sexual harassment. No. That would make sense to put it in this office. Yeah. But this is criminal conduct we're talking about. <sighs> so, these- but at the same time, I want to be mindful. Uh, we should be mindful of victims about like providing whatever path feels most appropriate for them to move forward. Indeed. I just, it clearly didn't serve here. There's also yeah. another element in this. This, the accused was able to continue to play football during yeah. this time. Yep. And we know that elements at, at the Scandalaris football building and uh, athletic director and confirmed listener, Alan Haller were aware of the accusations. There was an email that went out. These things need to be reviewed. And the accused was not precluded from participating in, in team activities, which I thought Mel Tucker had dramatically improved these standards. There are other guys that we're aware of, that Didn't he were, wasn't were he moved. consulting wasn't he consulting with a woman and she there had was a, something she had about a, that I don't remember the details yeah it. she had some sort of program and she there talked was a, to the players there was a picture with a pin I remember seeing that yeah I but the details of it are lost I don't think actually anyone knows anything about that um, <laughs> but that was very disappointing to me is that the the athletic department knew about this case in multiple different ways and still allowed this person, the accused, to participate in team activities and play on the field. And we don't have any information about that, how that decision was made, how it was reached. I will say for listeners, though, that the state news did publish enough details about the accused that if you really want to figure it out... You might be able to. You can figure out who it is. Yep. So... um. But it, Alan, you can't keep having these little. It makes sense, though. Like anything that we can do for a three win season, I get it. Why not? You know, really go for it. Yeah, particularly at a position of need. Really at a position of need. (sighs) Can I just say one last thing about this? Uh, The State News article, one of the most compelling things for me was they talk about how the perpetrator, was like, can I talk to her? Like, I, what I read in that was he was genuinely confused as to why he, she had gone to the police, why she was talking about this like it was a rape. Like, I, I, I and I get, we didn't hear from him. Like, I, I get that there's transcripts or something else that they're, they're drawing from on this, but, and interviews, but this goes, for me, what it goes to re- reiterate is how, ignorant and stupid and and th- it's like they don't listen like this is a young man who sat through brenda tracy's program he mm-hmm. sat through and and if mel tucker did anything he th- this young man participated in active instruction coaching information 
he signed some sort of covenant or commitment and still, still acted as a sexual predator mm-hmm. uh, and ignored every piece of, uh, he ignored every no that he got and still, and maybe he was lying, but, but still, still didn't get it. Still, yeah. still couldn't understand that. I mean, I, I, we don't want to riff on culture, but it, it's a failure. It's a societal failure. It's a culture failure. It's a failure of this young man's family. It's a failure of his own. It's a failure of the football program. It's a failure on every level. But I, I don't know what it will take to get us to stop raping people. That that should be a priority on the society. And I, I, I'm, that was that was this is a difficult piece to read. Um, yeah. Hearing the confusion from him though was like. My Christian brother, I cannot, I just fucking cannot. Mm-hmm. So, anyway. Well, let's take it to a different place, but not a happier place, uh, but maybe for some folks. Uh, MSU has decided to waive attorney-client privilege surrounding the documents uh, pertaining to the Nasser case. Um, it's in intriguing from a why now perspective uh greg you brought this up that the thing that maybe makes the most sense is that they've decided that they're not going to get any money from their insurance companies that was um, always where those cases are resolved reason provided this was privileged information because it was related to their strategy in getting a settlement from the insurance company related to the larry nasser payout to victims so but that was not referenced uh, in their decision to the board's decision to release these documents. So I do want to spend a second on dear old Dana, uh, because attorney general for the state of Michigan, she's an idiot. You, you don't get title when you, uh, use victims in the way that she does. Because she has reopened her investigation into Michigan State, I am quite confident that she'll find nothing. But she gets to say she did it for voters. And, and I want, dear listeners, for us to really think hard and long about what would happen if there was something there that was of consequence. Is the state of Michigan going to shut down MSU? I don't see that. Do you guys see that happening? Well, it, I mean, I think the argument would be, Michael, that those accountable for the failings would then mm-hmm. be held accountable. Great. That was never the threat to, to shut down MSU, although that is kind of the threat that the the faculty is is trying to bring about for the board. But um, So we're going after no, Luana, we, I assume. It's basically Luana or Joan Hewitt June Hewitt or um, Strample's already been in prison once. There is someone that did go to prison for all of this. Two people, in fact. Um, So maybe they go back. I don't know. Yeah. But these documents have been reviewed by multiple people. Um, I have a feeling that multiple people who came in saying that they wanted to release them and many of whom said, not yet. Like, so I most, I, just, I think, I think most notably would be Trustee Jefferson, who was appointed by mm-hmm. Governor Whitmer, and she's an attorney, and she read the documents. She's got a blog 
that you can read. I think it's on Facebook. It's not actually a blog, but it's like, I read through them. I understand that these are privileged. I think she reaches the conclusion that she, she said she probably would um, release them, but she understands why the board is choosing not to for, for the purposes of what's discussed within them. Yeah. Well, hopefully this brings peace to other people as well. Yes. We're on the season of peace and blessings, but here's the thing. It's not, not to make us sit on this, Yeah, but there is going to be unpleasant stuff in these documents. Mm -hmm. I mean, as we speculated and we should make it clear on this podcast, we don't have any insider information on this, but as we speculated, there's got to be frank discussions of those settlement payments and why they were made and how they were, how those dollar amounts were, were come to uh, among other things. So this board has decided it's going to get some more headlines. Like this is not the last, almost certainly the last that you have heard of this. Yeah. They're going to get foiled. They're going to get picked apart and there are going to be parts of this that are going to be, Juicy, I have to assume. I mean, like, Jonesy, you've reviewed these types of of files professionally. Like, yeah. What it what what could one I'm not asking you to like fully speculate about like who's gonna say what under what circumstances, but what is the general type of information that are gonna be available in these redacted documents? So uh there's going to be a bunch of stuff that doesn't matter. I mean, and by doesn't matter, I mean, it's a communication between someone and their attorney sort of generally seeking some legal advice that is like of no meaningful consequence. That's a big bucket of it. The bucket that that's going to be unpleasant is there's going to be probably frank conversations about how to pay less. Yeah. Because I mean, when you're when you're talking settlements in the dollar amounts that MSU is conceiving of, that's not inconsequential that's money. Because yep. if they if so, they ended up at a quarter billion, you got to think that the lawyers started above that substantially. Yep. And so you're probably talking strategy about how to not pay, yep. which would be right. not flattering. And then and then there's you know without. Different, different survivors had different experiences with that monster. Mm-hmm. And not all of their experiences, I'm sure some of the communications said, were worth the same dollar amount. Mm-hmm. And so depending upon what he did to you and how he did it, what would that dollar amount be worth? What do other people who have had someone do this kind of conduct to their body? And it's... And it's <laughs> And, and the, the fact of the matter is, is that we're monetizing trauma. And that is a, gr- it is an inherently gross conversation. And, and that's not to say that, like, they're gross for seeking monetary, con- by all means. Like, a, everyone should know that this podcast is fully in favor that MSU had to pay out. But that's a, a very likely part of the conversation is like, well, you know, what if he did this? What if he did that? Like, why would we pay that for this? And it, like, and, and so it's, uh, it's not fun. And um, and in an inherently adversarial environment, you are you are primed to try and win whatever battles you can. Mm-hmm. 
And that's not going to look good for MSU either. But I, I guess, I hope, <laughs> notwithstanding the fact that we just spent a long time talking about how their Title IX office still sucks, <laughs> but I hope that, that maybe enough time and personnel have passed that, that at least that was a chapter of MSU that we're talking about and not a present MSU. Present MSU has all kinds of problems it needs to resolve. But, but what you're saying is that, that any institution would be saying that these types would be having yeah. these types of frank conversations. You, you would be you'd be insane not to talk about this with your attorneys. The University like, of I Michigan mean, also paid out half a billion dollars. You, they had the same conversations, the same discussions, the same debates. The, those documents exist at U of M in the same way that they'll exist here. But these are and, be and I would bet money that that U of M's conversations had more to do with and and maybe msu's did too about whether to believe certain people or not believe certain people you know i I just think for u of m's it was so historical in nature that there was potentially more of a debate about what where and when how to you know to what degree like what's fact and what's not um and so anyway i i I don't know this is uh i think we're I, i guess i hope we're entering Another unpleasant chapter for Michigan State, but hopefully it's the final chapter or maybe the epilogue of sorts. Um, on this, on this, yeah, on this book, probably. Yeah, maybe. well, trust me, it's a series. There will yep. be another one. Yeah, but maybe, hopefully, not like this. But MSU will find other ways to embarrass itself. Uh, that's for sure. Um, all right. Uh, we're not going to spend any time on this other than to say that a judge granted a temporary restraining order that permitted transfers whenever you want, how often you want, wherever you want. Uh, so college sports, buckle up. It is very different. Speaking of college sports, buckling up, uh, let's preview Oakland and Stony Brook. Oakland, Ken Palm, 138. They uh, have not really played much of anyone. So um, they're not... A, a great team and uh i love greg campy but i i've got to think that he does not have much of a chance of winning this game they've got losses they've lost to ohio state oh they actually played ohio state pretty close lost by 10 to illinois lost by you know 10 to drake lost to Tur- toledo by a point um i i just don't think there's much of a chance here. Yeah. Um, but they do have some dudes. Chris Conway's playing really well. Isaiah Jones is playing really well, et cetera. So uh, I guess, I suppose it's it's possible. Um, even worse than Oakland is Stony Brook. You got a Stony Brook team that uh, has lost to basically everyone with a pulse and has beaten no one with one. Um, they got the doors blown off by St. John's. They lost to Yale. They beat Norfolk. So there's that. They beat no. Army. Um, but these are basically, if, if we lose either of these two games, plum, it's a, it's a problem. It's a big problem. Uh, if it happens, uh, we're done. And uh, it will prove, in fact, that uh, what happened uh, on Friday, Saturday, Saturday, Friday, Saturday, Saturday, Saturday too. Uh, what, what happened on Saturday was, in fact, the um, just the perfect uh, picture of excellence, and it was the only thing that we could ever hope to aspire to. It is not normal, and uh, the season's fucked. Stop paying attention to it and get into hockey exclusively. The bigger problem is that you've got to resubscribe to Big Ten Plus. Yeah. 
that is the biggest Nobody issue. Nobody likes that. Yep, that's the big, big, big problem. So, should we do should we do Twitter questions, Jonesy? You're on mute. Uh, yes, let's do these Twitter questions. Let's let's kick off with Mike Jones. And before we kick off with Mike Jones, let's talk about a certain flying ace. Uh, we swapped. What do you got? We swapped. Over there? What? What I is it? Cinnamon this week. You're doing cinnamon. I get peach. Apparently, peach whiskey is something that people like. There are peach whiskey aficionados, and for you, it's delicious. You drink, drink flying ace. If you're a person that likes peach whiskey, and I am not one, um, drink flying ace, um, and tell me why but I'm. You've tasted dumb. that one. Yeah, you've tasted that one. I've tasted this one, and I decided. Um, this is nothing to do with flying ace peach, but, uh, peach whiskey is not for me is what I determined. No, let him hear the cork though. Let him hear the cork. Uh, the cork is going to stay on because I've already tried it and it has disappointed. You know what? Honestly, that's, you know what? Get it if you want. (laughs) Flying ace peach whiskey. You like it though. I'll actually. Yeah, I, I actually do like the the peach. I, I'm still a cinnamon guy uh, at my core. Uh, and I will say the nice thing about the Flying Ace, I said this last week, is that the syrupiness of like a fireball, hmm. absent. You absent. get real a real whiskey taste on this, uh, but with a, a nice overtone of cinnamon or peach. Who knows, maybe the cherry will show up next week if I want to feel like I'm robo-chugging. Do you not <sighs> drink... Uh, fireball because it's been done. Then try flying ace. It's a whiskey man's yeah. cinnamon whiskey. Yeah, and don't it's drink fireball for hipsters. Uh, drink the peach. The peach is good. Uh, it tastes like uh the the gummy peach the O's the gummy peach O's. Okay. All right, let's do these. Mike Jones. I didn't watch yesterday. The pressure of my eyes were clearly hurting uh, this team the first nine games. If we suck tomorrow night against Oakland, should I just take one for the team and quit watching for the rest of the year, Alex Plum? Yes, uh, yes. If you should absolutely, you should absolutely watch. You were wrong not to. You missed the best game in basketball uh, in the history of the world. So sorry. And uh, but yes, 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 yes. And quit watching if we do suck. XO. What's next, Plum? Uh, Michael Jones, our three prior quarterbacks have all announced their new destination. Hauser to Eastern Carolina, Kim to Coastal Carolina, and Levitt to ASU. Did Jay Johnson ruin these guys, or were they all just very overrated? Well, let's start with Kim, who we flipped from Virginia Tech. Mm. So no, not overrated. Mm. Appropriately rated. Hauser mm-hmm. uh, to ECU, overrated. Yeah. Levitt to Arizona State. I, I like Levitt. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna shy away from that. I think he's gonna be a fun quarterback. And yeah, I agree. Uh, so I, I kind of want him to tear it up there because uh, it doesn't matter for me. So uh, also plum, true. Last pod before Christmas. So. Merry fucking Christmas. Oh, and to you too. And really to all who listen. Also, happy Kwanzaa and happy Hanukkah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're in the fifth fifth day of, of Hanukkah? Of the Festival of Lights? Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Timely. Next up, Beth Amaro. 
Michael, assuming we break back into the rankings after beating number six, and we did. Oh, no. Well, where do you think we'll land? I think we know we didn't break back in, correct? Uh, I don't know if they're out yet or if they come out tomorrow. Uh, I don't know, Beth, and I don't... Honestly, I don't think we should be ranked still. Mm. This team hasn't shown enough to suggest... I mean, if you really want to lean on the fact that we were neck and neck with Arizona, then maybe you could make a compelling argument. And all of our losses have been quad one, but like there, I I'm conv- certain that voters can find 25 teams that deserve to be ranked more than we do. I think that's right. Uh, too. And and so string them together. Just keep stringing the wins together, and you'll find yourself there. Uh, last from Beth Grek. Steve Nizzo's senior year is starting to get Rudy esque. <laughs> Who's your top three actors to play him in the movie? Do they make actors small enough to play oh Stephen Is Oh, my God. Is Peter uh, Dinklage McLovin? available? <laughs> That's actually, he probably could pull it off. Uh, Just really intense at the free throw line before he bricks. <laughs> uh, Elijah Wood? Sure. Oh, Elijah Wood could Maybe. be. Take it. Yeah, we'll a younger it. Elijah Wood. Go back in time. Which we'll, yeah, but like we'll also really has to get a receding still. hairline at the same yeah. time. Yeah, yeah. It's a great, uh, great, great question, Beth. Though we love that. All right, uh, Antaeus. I, I think it's Antaeus uh, who I think tried to ask us something about this uh, earlier. Is Hondo Carpenter the greatest beat writer in the history of football? <sighs> Was he ever an actual beat writer, or just dude that covers the team? Just a dude and a like, guy. I don't, I don't think there was any newspaper that gave him a credential. I could be wrong. Um, oh, I'm sorry. But MSU gave him a credential. The uh, Sports Illustrated chose to do that. So yeah. what do I know? Um, AI writers or Hondo Carpenter? He is the most infamous writer mm. in MSU history. I'll say that with confidence. Yeah. yeah. And he broke the Mel Tucker news. It was Zanjo, then Hondo. Uh, next up is Jess. Plum, Jess. How much time was left in the game before you thought, we got this, and why was it zero point zero, <laughs> well, zero second? It, that's, that, that is the correct answer, Jess. I will say, though, that, uh, in fact, uh, while raking leaves on the phone with my okay. fellow co-hosts. That was unbearable, by the way. <laughs> I don't know if you could have picked an activity that was worse for him. <laughs> truly, truly, truly bad. Um, I did say to the guys, it we we can't lose, right? We're up damn near 30 points. We can't possibly blow this. Uh, that was a dangerous question to ask, but uh, I was... And I said, well, if we could get up that big in the, in the first half, then they could too. They could too. But it did feel... Yeah. It did feel it like felt we had, really uh, unlike us. And then and that then second half drop, started. Started. And they, it was like, oh, there's the 20. old team. I recognize yep. this there team. There they are. But only for a moment. Only yep. for a glimpse. And then uh, like after Do three I, or four minutes, they got it back up yep. to 27. And then they just coasted from there. Yeah, they did. Izzo did say in the post game that I, I thought was interesting is that he's like, it, they knew they were going to do that. Yeah. They knew they were going to trap coming out of the half. Mm. Yeah. And they still... Which it, which is, is a which is a truly there's that old team yeah. because you knew this was going to happen and yep. you still didn't bring the focus. But we muscled through it. Next up All from right. Thomas Zambiasi, uh Jonesy. 
seems like the team was prioritizing defense and getting the ball moving over desperately shooting the ball. How likely are they to stick with this game plan? <laughs> Thomas, I, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm trying to take it one day at a time. Uh, I would be... I, I keep going back to... Tom just needs to show the highlight reel and how all of those highlights started with defense. Mm -hmm. Literally. Like the game was fun because of your defense. That well, that's what made the game fun. The guys won't pay any attention so because Izzo's washed and everyone knows it. Mm, uh, next up from yeah. Thomas, uh, Plum, if every Big Ten basketball fan base had a quote, we're so back slash it's so over chart, would MSUs have the most violent swings? <laughs> we would be very schizophrenic, it turns out, uh, or or maybe it's bipolar, I don't know. Uh, one of these two, it would not be good. And uh, listen, Hope Springs Eternal with Michigan State, it has to because we've had such doldrums. Uh, but no, I don't know. Is there another? Is there another program that's been this up and down? I don't. Well, I think, I think Texas starts on the uh, the back chart for football every year. Like mm. Texas is always as back as back can be. Yeah. yeah. Now Texas ends up being actually back in this particular moment, but yeah. Uh, Next up from Andy Boyan, Boyan, I think. Welcome. Sure. Uh, were there any coaching changes that have happened in the past couple of years that might explain why Party lost their shots for the first nine games? Oh, I don't know if I... uh, I'm guessing there was an autocorrect there, uh, but I'm guessing it's about why the team has lost. Why all of a sudden uh, Malik Hall cannot shoot the ball and even still cannot shoot the ball. I, I don't know. I mean, this was a, a really good shooting team just last year. And for this uh, to happen, um, I, d I don't know. But they did go eight for 12 for three in this most recent game. So, and I will say we because I think we called it out last week. Tyson Walker is now up to thirty nine percent from three point land. It's mm. a great percentage. It's a great. Still percentage. shooting sixty one percent from the line. Though. Irrelevant. Next up from Andy Boyan. <laughs> Whoa! Wow. This is growth. <laughs> is that? Next up for Michael Jones, is a Tyrannosaurus Rex an appropriate tree topper for the holiday season? Yeah, do what you want. Whatever makes you happy. I think it's fine. That's the answer. I'm, I'm Actually, it's kind of, I'm into it. I read a book when I was younger that Jesus actually wrote a Tyrannosaurus Rex um, because scientists don't really know how old fossils are. So Correct. Um, yeah. Was that on the flat earth? It was, it was on the flat earth, yes. So you're good to go, Andy. Good, my man. Uh, and finally, back to Jonesy, what is the correct emotional cocktail to feel after Izzo acknowledging us Twitter idiots, e.g. 30% pride, 30% shame, 30% reverence, 10% okay, boomer? <laughs> Here's the thing. That might be right. We weren't saying anything that Tom didn't already, already say. Know. Yeah. He knows he's washed. He knows. Yeah. Well, oh, that, that, I, I think he was talking more about the, the trash we were talking about, the players. Mm. Um, and how they, they've sucked. Like they've been bad. I, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I've not said anything on this podcast that I assume Tom Izzo doesn't already know. That you wouldn't Plus say to more. AJ Hogarth's face in line. At I, I, I would university wiener next. 
at university. <laughs> It'd be right next to Pierre Brooks. I'd say, did you did you take your Adderall today, AJ? Did you take it? You did gotta you? take it. You gotta take. You it. gotta take it because you are not locked in. So uh, I I think I think Tom Izzo has his staff. We know he has his staff pull tweets and put them on mm-hmm. a rotating sort of uh, marquee. So Tom Izzo can talk all the trash he wants about social media, but he lets his staff use it for motivation for his players. So whatever. Tom, Mm -hmm. Tom is an idiot about that. Next up from Elon Bloom plum. How do people continue to call for Izzo to be replaced? Uh, Because they're stupid and uh, stupid people say stupid things. So that's why hurt people hurt people. That's right. And uh, on a ranking of one to 10, where are you in regards to Jonathan Smith being able to get us back to peak D'Antonio levels of success? He's going to surpass. It's a, I'm at a 12. Ooh. Because he's younger. Because he's, he's younger. Because he's younger and he's hungrier. Hunger. Hunger. More time. more time. More upside. He's bringing a four star with him. I, these are great things. It's great. You heard it here, Ellen Bloom. Next up from the key ski, Jonesy, how does shaking bourbon bruise it? Seems like BS. I've never heard this. Did we say this? I don't, I, I, it feels like something we wouldn't ever say. I mean, we say a lot of things, but mm-hmm. that feels like a bridge too far. Yeah, let's agree. Don't I bruise that bourbon. Yeah. 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 I'm going to go shake a bourbon. You know what? Do it right now. Shake, Shake it. it. Bruise that bourbon. Bruise yeah, it. bruise that bourbon. It's now a bruised cinnamon flying ace. All right, Kevin Gregg, since you're the one most likely to... Oh my God, it's so black and blue. Oh boy. Experience this next time. What's the best drink to order in Breslin, asks the Keith Ski. Uh, it's a Sparty Party, baby. Ooh. You gotta order the Sparty Party. Sparty Party. Uh, I also really like that brewery that Sparty co- Party comes from. Um... It's in Holland. It's not uh, New Holland. New Holland. Um, what is it? Big Lake. Big Lake is my preference when I'm in huh. Holland. All right. Go to Big Lake. Flying Ace first. is also from Holland. Wow. And so is Weird Fox Whiskey, the one that we've been talking about before. <laughs> oh, that's not what you called it in your house. <laughs> Special Fox Whiskey. All right. Next up from Kiski. Um, if the team that played against Baylor was consistently that good, how far can they go? Natty, baby. Honestly, it it felt like that on Saturday. Yeah. But I still have no faith that they will put a string of these games together. They don't need to. They just got to do it in March. We, but they need to put together six in March. But yeah, that, I mean, that team that we saw play Baylor would have beat Arizona. Mm-hmm. Oh, and yeah. By, uh, by not probably as much as they beat Baylor, but by a comfortable margin. Yeah. So yeah. there's. Yeah. Yes. What did you guys think of AJ's? Did you see AJ's quote after the game about. Uh, Was it I'm sorry for everything my, before I, this? I took my Adderall today. <laughs> <laughs> That he said, uh, we need to remind people that uh, I'm gonna, that we're the team that they they thought we were. Or, like we're we're the number four team, and we we clearly didn't do enough to prove that's true. But like, yeah, but here we are. I'm 
but yeah, like we, we, we told needed you to say, say yeah. we could do that. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's true. I mean, when they play uh, like that, they are in fact that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, all right, Cedar Village Bagel. Hey, Pod. A lot would be made about Stephen Izzo getting to shoot free throws versus the number six team in the nation. It was electric content. I felt like I was in the electric chair after he bricked both of them. But boofed them. Idiot. Yeah. Idiot. Idiot. Really, like, take yeah. a breath, bro. Like, seriously. Collect yourself, Stephen. Collect yourself. Yeah. I, I, I had no anger about that game until he did that. Yes. I had no anger. That would have been the cherry on top of a wonderful day. Electric and biffed content. It. Uh, and finally from Cedar Village Bagel, please try to remember and rank your favorite bench players in MSU history. Obviously, <laughs> Steven is number one, but round out a top five. Uh, Connor George's, obviously. Oh, yeah. Really good. Um... Uh. I remember like a, I remember Keebler before his playing days. Keebler kind of just like yeah. went from oh. a dude that we saw on the bench for a long time. Yeah. And then it was like, oh. boom, you're contributing. Where did yeah. this come from? Yeah. Did, was Goins a bench player when he started? Sim- Must have been, right? Similar, similar. I think he was technically a so- gray shirt. Like he was intended to get a scholarship at some point. But Keebler, I think that just sort of manifests itself. Uh, I mean, I'm it, trying to remember some other notable bench players from over the years. And there's got to be some that, like, I'm going to feel really stupid about um, missing. How many minutes per game did Matt Trannon get? <laughs> did Matt Trannon get enough game, minutes per game to count him? Oh, we're not going to give you a top five, though. I think, I think, I think there's your answer. I think there's your answer. Not enough. Uh, Next up, Kate Wall. How does Plum feel about free throw shooting, particularly starting nine for nine and then proceeding to miss the next four and finish 12 for, I'm sorry, 18 for 28? If our favorite listener guest is missing again this week, then Grooch can just give your best impression of Plum answering. Plum, don't answer. I want to hear it. I want Greg. I do too. I want Greg to do your voice. I do too. Greg, do your best. Do your best plum voice. Do my most stereotypical plum yeah, voice. Yeah, yeah, come on. <clears throat> <clears throat> Beth, thank you for asking about free throw shooting, but I'm going to actually, did I tell you about how I was in the honors college and about how people care about that's my good. reports and that's things good. that I wrote and how that's I'm good. a special boy? No, and, that's and, not the voice. Special that's boy. not the no. voice. I wanted you I was, to lean in. I, I did too. I was looking for 18 for 28? Oh, God. I don't think that's the direction that, Jones, that Michael wanted me to go in, by the way. But, uh, <laughs> could be wrong. Could be wrong about that. Uh, next up from Ben, um, Crusher. Nasally. That's what I wanted you to do. Mm-hmm. Oh. It's all in the Oh. Uh. Extra nasally. I was at, I lived in the residential Wait, college you? at Case Hall. Ira Glass? Like, Ira oh, Glass. Pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, <laughs> next up from Ben uh, Kirshner. Can we, can you make this feeling last forever? Yes. It feels good. Yes. Watch the uh, downer of an episode. Watch that eight minute, uh, watch that eight minute uh, reel, the uh, Adam H's whatever video. That's just watch that forever. I uh, clockwork orange it to myself earlier. Mm, yes. Yep. 
Yep, well then you. Next up, Kurt Wisniewski. Hey boys, Izzo finally made his mouth like a donut and accepted Booker being a weapon on the court. What took so long? <laughs> Was he a weapon on the court? I mean, he contributed. There's got to be... Seven points in like three minutes or something. That's pretty yeah. good. Yeah, I mean, it, we will say about Booker, because we didn't talk about him in the in the game section, but uh, it was good to see him make a shot, and then he made the, the, the two others later on, but he had a productive seven minutes. I, like, I don't... I can't get mad about that. Yeah. You want to yep. see more of that? Yep. Uh, last up from Kurt, uh, Greg Smith's recruiting has been surgical thus far. Who's the next big get for our boys? Go green and let's go. The next big get for Jonathan Smith is going to be former walk-on Greg Roy, because I'm just looking at rosters now. Oh, yeah, oh my God. Stop, 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 stop. Oh, my God. Try to find a top five walk-on. Um, but, yeah, no. Cherry. Uh, Cherry's the next big get if we get a get. There you go. Who Who is the Duke decommit? Uh, quarterback. Cherry, yeah. Great. Great. Uh, Michael Jones from Ali. Uh, Can we attribute this to Aiden Childs? No. Okay. No. We can attribute this to Tom Izzo. Yeah. And only Tom Izzo. Plum, are sports supposed to make you feel this way? This feels wrong. (laughs) I mean, they make us feel the other way. So why can't they make us feel this way? You know? Yeah, that's true. Uh, I'm going to take this one. Uh, this erection <laughs> This erection has lasted longer than four hours. What do I do? Ali, that is called a... Uh, it's either priaprism or priaprism? Plum, you have a, you have a medical Pre- degree. You should be able to help me. Priapism? Yes. Priapism. Priapism. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. There's a very famous case in Philadelphia lore about someone who uh, ended up having one of those, and that was his last one ever uh wow and this is a story that's that's handed down in philadelphia legal schools got a bunch of money from a drug manufacturer as a result of it oh yeah so so when you see those commercials and they say call your doctor if they mean call the er yeah um no they just mean present to the er you just have to show the fuck up oh they're presenting all right and you Uh. Uh, Next up is Jer Bear. Uh, how does it feel to be happy and recording again? Well, we're happy because Plum is back. Yes, happy to be back. And he's, yeah, very happy. So happy. Uh, Plum, are you part of the 1% <laughs> for a four-week honeymoon, and why aren't we taxing you more? Oh, my God. <laughs> it was three weeks, and there was a holiday in there, so it wasn't that that gratuitous. Uh, and I'm pl- I'm taxed <laughs> plenty, thank you very much. I'm very very taxed, and I'm I'm bothered by it. I'm voting Republican. I'm so angry about you it. You live in the city of Detroit with its overwhelming literally, personal income literally. taxes. You should see our fucking property taxes here, and we get jack all for it. So really, there's high property taxes in addition to the two point five percent on the income tax. Oh my god! You, oh Only my 2.5? god! It's at two point five. It's one. It's the only municipality I believe in the state that can go above two. And we literally get nothing for it. I think I looked at my property taxes this year and I spent fifteen or fifteen hundred or two thousand dollars on just paying off what? 
our school debt. Oh, yeah, the school bond. Not even contributing new money. It's just the old debt on the now defunct Detroit Public Schools because we have a new Detroit Public Schools community district. Don't say that about the infrastructure in Detroit. That's what we're doing. The last time I was in your neighborhood shortly after your wedding, there was a telephone pole that was just sitting on the side of the road in the gutter. I was just, like, they're waiting, just, they're just waiting to be put up. Telephone yeah. Pole here. Yeah. I think they just thought that we would all band together as the residents like of the neighborhood. Like a barn and, raising. And do it ourselves. <laughs> Come on, boys. My lord. <laughs> so please, please right. and thank you. Next up is Nate C. Will we? Will the wind just go to their heads? Mm, it's a real possibility. possibility. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see, Nate C. Um, and then... The next question is, are we good or is Baylor bad? I think it's I neither think in this case. Well, no, I think, I we, think were, we were we were good that night. Yeah, I think we were good that night. That's the answer. Yeah. Baylor's not bad. But Baylor, Baylor has an impressive uh, yeah. resume. Yeah. And this That's loss right. only dropped them to Ken Palm. Uh, yeah. Like top 10 still, I think. Oh, no, 14. Drop them to 14. So what do I know? Holy guacamole. Yeah, it turns out you get and housed. We're up to 23. Yeah, turns out you yeah. get housed. We're the, we're the ninth adjusted defense. You like to see that. Yeah, you do love to see that. Well, we should after that performance. Uh, next up for Michael Jones, Dan Hellpepper. The fuck was that? <laughs> Dan, it was fun. That was that was the most fun I'd had watching basketball in yeah. a long time. A country minute. Yep. Like yep. I, I mean, I'm trying to think back to maybe tournament Cash's last year. Game? Yeah. No, no tournament I, I don't last even year. think that was. But fun. I mean, Marquette. fun. Not like feeling sick to your stomach every 30 seconds that we were about to blow the game. This was actually fun to watch. I didn't. Yeah, when's the last time you watched us put on a clinic? Truly, like against a good. Because it, I mean, because I'd be like, oh, that Kansas State game was a blast. I mean, I guess if I didn't root for Michigan State, it was. I don't know. That Marquette game last year was fun. I think, personally, but I could be wrong. I think it's. I think it's fun because we won. I don't think it was actually fun. Okay. Next up from Carl, you do too All much, right. bro. Guys, is this joy? Is anything real? This is joy. Yeah. And nothing is real. It, in, enjoy it for the moment that we have. Uh, next up, Tyrone Plum. Enjoy what the, the actual mother of all holy mothers did I miss? I saw the score. It was like Horst had been hanged in town square <laughs> while the world <laughs> was purged of U of M slappies. Horst. <laughs> okay. Uh, I hate for horse. I think this is a we've just broken new ground. Yeah. With hanged in the town square. Yeah. Did you did you see the Reddit uh Pistons thing that was circulating? Oh, from uh, uh Is this from, related yes. to the fact that they have not won a game in like four yes. years at this point? Well yeah. so apparently the NBA has an emergency draft contingency. Oh. Where if if like a lot of your players are dead or dis Membered, you get to draft a new team like you're an expansion team someone was advocating for like do it we blow up the plane (laughs) (laughs) or or maybe we make the argument that they're effectively dead you know 
What's the difference in the in the losses and wins column right now? What is the difference? <laughs> Truly. Uh, next up, from um, Tyrone Plum for Kevin Gregg because uh, I think this will be good for him. What is the worst part about me? Uh, my take A, my takes B, I drive a Tesla. C, probably my face. E, I may or may not have a non-burner account to get around the question limit. Bet you can't guess who or whomst if I do. And F, the fact that I skipped the D, just like Baylor apparently did. Oh, I was going to call you out on skipping the D, and then you did it yourself, and then you had a little little whimsical addition to the yes, whole Yes, it was whimsy. So, a lot of whimsy. I've got to give you credit for that, but the answer is Tesla. God, <laughs> why did you? Yeah, that's so true. Why did you divulge that? Yeah, I shouldn't have shared that. I, I saw someone with a sticker once that said, I bought before I knew he was awful. <laughs> okay. And I think... I think that you have to somewhat redeeming yeah, it, somewhat, as yeah. part of the settlement with them, uh, with them recalling every single car, they should have to put, yeah, how are they not those bankrupt? On. I don't like, know. He's a bad man. Uh, next up, John Hubbard. <laughs> okay. These are all for me. In what ways has Aiden child's commitment to MSU <laughs> angered plum? <laughs> and how long will he hold on to this particular grudge? I wasn't angry about it. I was more angry about what it revealed about the rest of our quarterback room, which was to say that they are all useless. So I did find a way to be angry in this. <laughs> Don't worry. There was this information. There. Yeah. Yeah. Is that helpful? That's good. And finally from John Hubbard, in what ways is the Jonathan Kim commitment the greatest thing to happen to MSU athletics, <laughs> according to Plum? Um, wow. I... Uh, I think what I'm happy about is that I think, I think we can all agree that Jonathan Kim got a bag to stay here with that leg. My guess is Jonathan Kim is making over $1.5 million a year playing for this. Probably the highest paid NIL purse. It's gotta be, it's gotta be, it's gotta be. And so I think that would be, that would be the greatest thing because it's setting new records for the athletic program, meaning that the sky is truly the limit for other players and kickers to boot. And Hall understands that. Hall understands mm-hmm. that he's going to come in under the Jonathan Kim bag. And has to um, be. that's why the negotiations have been going on so long. He wanted to make sure that we finalize this with Jonathan Kim first. Yep. Uh, next up from Mamopoli, keynote speaker John Hildebrand, International Se- Secretary for the National Academy of Sciences, encouraged MSU graduates at the fall commencement, which is going on the same time as the Baylor game, by the way, um, to embrace um. serendipity in life. What good luck in finding valuable things unintentionally have you come across in your lifetime? Sort of backed into well, the question there. Well, I'm sorry. No. What, well, a, what, a, what a stupid, what a stupid thing to embrace serendipity. Shut the fuck up. You should lose your job. What a horrible thing. That doesn't even make sense. No. I mean, I think what that is, is like take advantage of opportunities when they're presented to you. No, I don't like that. Then just say that. No. Mm -mm. But you know what? Who did that? Alan Haller. And he did it on all of our behalves because Mel Tucker liked to FaceTime a little too much. Whoopsie. And that don't downplay survivors and their trauma now, Michael. You're right. You're right. Mel Tucker liked to FaceTime a little too much. And that <laughs> netted us out of $95 million. Yeah, that's fair. Okay, so, that's serendipity. And we, we got this, embrace. 
All right. Next up. Next up. No, I'm reading this. I'm oh. reading this hate crime. I'm reading this. No, hate crime. don't make people listen to this. This yeah, is don't awful. do it. <laughs> this is truly Mamopoly. You've got I, a bad thing here. She's just transcribed the 12 days of Christmas here, listeners. And she she wants us to appropriately assign each gift to our loyal listeners. I will begin. First off, I take issue with this, Mama Belief. You're a known Canadian established. Bob and Doug's 12 days of Christmas are out there, and you're choosing to ignore them. You go with the traditional route. Is this pandering to an American audience? No. I think I want to hear about the Thomas beer on the knee. I want to hear about the five pounds of back bacon. Those are the days of Christmas that I want to hear about. But no, you go with this garbage traditional approach, wow. and I won't have it on my podcast. Well done, you. Well done, Bob and Doug McKenzie's 12 Days of Christmas, the one true 12 Days of Christmas. Well, with that, we really can't partition out these gifts anymore, Susan. You may get a second chance next week. Next up, Mr. Neurotic Pants. This week, Reverend Mel Tucker's first sermon is broadcast. Faith, grit, and the perils of female sorcery and phone (laughs) sex. John Smith takes to running to his car to avoid D'Antonio and his offers to get a burger at Wendy's and talk defense. Izzo mandates triple-shot lattes and couples therapy for his starters. Later, involved in altercation with Solari after arguing over the contributions of Stevie Izzo compared to to Mati. (laughs) That's good. I do like the idea of of being like, let's head on over to the Wendy's, get ourselves a nice Baconator. Sit in that solarium part. (laughs) With the pretzel bug. With the pretzel bun. Okay. Uh, Groob. Why don't you return any of my phone calls? Don't you love me? Did Jonesy forbid it? Will you make it up to me with a Jason Nick bobblehead? Uh, Jones is keeping us apart, uh, mm. Mr. Erotic Pants, because I think he's threatened by us in our relationship. I think yep. that's the only reasonable explanation for it. He gets already very protective. And um, I think that's what's happening here. But we will persevere. We'll break through. We'll be all the better for it. Uh, next up from the architecture guy, uh, are we back? Is Plum back? What's the best question you think I've ever asked on the pod? That last uh, one. Maybe back? Yeah, that's right. Your best question is asking what your best question is, because mm-hmm. that's a tough question. Scary one you know. That's never won you the, the summer question competition. Never, in fact. <laughs> yeah. Think about that. But I'm back, baby. I'm back. Plum's back and we're back, and that's all that matters. Gentlemen, uh, it's been fun. Go green.